Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Gentle Art of Crushing It show, where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. Today we have the pleasure of sitting down and interviewing Clayton Hepler. Uh, Clay is a fiancé, multifamily investor, serial entrepreneur, podcast host, and cash flow specialist. Now Clay scaled his family's chocolate company from two states to 42 states in 18 months and that set the foundation to have a partnership with Jeffrey Zakarian, the Iron Chef from Chopped the TV show and owner of many successful restaurants across America. It was during that time that he first learned about cash flow banking when his centi-millionaire mentor told him about how he used life insurance as a place to warehouse his family's capital. From that time on, Clay was obsessed with the mindset, methods, and manners of the ultra-wealthy. He has used this strategy in his own life and now helps entrepreneurs, high performers, and real estate investors implement cash flow banking in their own life to create, protect, and multiply more of their cash flow and to get to financial freedom and abundance faster. He has purchased uh, 13 multifamily units in a little over 13 months using all of his own money at the age of 25. And so now he is uh, you know, also the author of the popular wealth building newsletter, Creative Capitalist. Please, without any further ado, join me in welcoming Clay to the show. Hi, Clayton. Thank you for joining us today. Um, you know, please, uh, please just start us off with telling us about yourself. Tell us a bit about your, you know, your background, where and how you found success. And uh, please include something interesting about yourself most people wouldn't know. Yeah, so I mean, I don't have anything interesting. I'm going to hang up right now. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, um, hey, Doug, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to, to you know, 20, 30 minutes here, spend some time with you and your listeners and see if I can add some, some serious value. So where do I start? I mean, I started with the letdown of a century, which was my goal in life was to be an ambassador. Okay. So I wanted to be an ambassador in some Latin American country. I speak Spanish and I was working for the embassy in Buenos Aires in Argentina and that is wow. just incredibly uh, great right there. It sounds like a blast. Yeah, it, it was great, except for the, working for the government really sucked. So, um, you know, to put I'd it, imagine. Yeah, to put it to, right, to put it frankly. And so, you know, my hopes and dreams of being an ambassador dissipated. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of had an identity crisis and I dropped out of college and, and got into the family business, um, which is chocolate, luxury chocolate. Right. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's very and, cool. Yeah. So grew the family. And I'm business. jealous. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, grew the family business from two to forty-two states in about eighteen months, and in I did that by sales, marketing, business development, really focusing on the big levers that I could pull. And during that time period, Doug, I met a someone who would become my mentor. He was worth about one hundred twenty million dollars, one hundred ten, one hundred thirty, somewhere around there. Was a real estate investor, was an entrepreneur. And I really learned from him what wealthy people do, how they think, and how they act differently than you and I, right? You and I want to get there, but we have to change the way we act. And so I learned firsthand that wealthy people have a team of advisors, attorneys, accountants around them that facilitate their growth, their financial growth, their intellectual growth, their their relationship growth within the context of their family. And so I really learned directly from a guy that was doing something that I really wanted to achieve, but I didn't know it at that point. So I befriended this, this guy and learned about real estate investing. We can talk about real, my real estate investing journey, learned about the specific strategies that he implemented to help him get where he was, which was absolutely no money to worth, you know, multiple, multiple, um, you know, nine figures. Right. Um, and which is kind of a great, you know, crazy to, to think about that. Right. 
Um, so, you know, I invested in real estate. I'm a multifamily investor. I'm a house hacker. I'm a wealth strategist now, and I'm taking some of the ideas, the concepts, and, and the um, methods that I learned from my mentor and in, in exposing people to those methods. That's awesome. I love that. And there's a lot to, to um, you know, unpack right there. It's a uh, uh, really great that your family's in this luxury, you know, chocolate, uh, you know, industry. And, it, and it, you know, your story of you, I mean, it sounds to me like once you got started, you got working in the, the, the family business, it grew like crazy. You went from two to 42 states, something like that. It just reminds me of the, you know, Duck Dynasty story, um, you know, where the sun, you know, just absolutely blew that business up. But um Sounds like a great place to kind of cut your teeth and, and you know, um, have a lot of fun in the process. And um, But what an interesting turn. Do you mind telling me a little bit about um, where you met your mentor? And um, because, you know, I think oftentimes, uh, you know, a lot of us are um, out there thinking, man, I'd love to, you know, create a relationship with a mentor, not sure exactly how to do it. And, you know, do you have any sort of tips, tricks, tactics there in building that relationship? Yeah, you know, I think that a lot of times what happens is these sort of relationships grow organically. And when I say that, I mean, you know, um, if you're looking for a mentor in particular, you want to, well, let me take a step back. Usually these relationships with people that are in, in a, like 15 steps ahead of you, they don't actually come out of organic like an organic relationship, like mine did, right? They come out of deliberate focusing on how do I add value to this person to get a part of their sphere? The reason why I met this guy was I was sending chocolate to his, his shop and I just kept calling and he was kind of a hands-on guy and, and like ended up getting in front of him because I was just so tenacious. Like it wasn't, I was, it wasn't like I was impressive at all. And I basically just kept following up. And so it was just happenstance. Unfortunately, I wish that I could say that it was like, oh, I did all these crazy tactics and strategies. It was like, no, the guy liked our chocolate and like was like, oh, this is a young guy. I'll, I'll teach him a thing or two. It wasn't like and it wasn't like some sort of like formal sit down like, hey, buddy, this is exactly what you do. It's like, you know, we get on the phone and it would be a casual conversation about how's the chocolate going or whatever. And, and it developed into longer conversations about building wealth, but it wasn't this sort of like deliberate, I'm going to pay someone, you know, $15,000 to be my mentor and they're going to work. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it was this sort of very organic flowing relationship that turned out being really beneficial to me, but it wasn't, it wasn't like super planned out. I guess. Yeah, no, that, and, and that's cool. And it's like, you know, uh, that makes total sense. And I also want to say that I guarantee um, he saw in you that you were worth the while, that you would soak it up, the information he's sharing with you and, and you know, take action on it and that you had character. And, you know, I would say that that sort of, you know, him recognizing that in you um, probably sort of prompted him, you know, I should spend some time with this guy. Right. So, I mean, you know, I, I think that the reason why he wanted to work with me is I had a proclivity towards growth. You know, I, I had this sort of urge to do bigger things and, and do better things. And, and so, you know, I would ask a ton of questions, but I wouldn't come and just ask stupid questions. Like I would ask questions that I thought of beforehand. I, I treated my every minute with him as a really golden minute. Right. And you know, th there were some key strategies I learned from him, right? Like, you know, one of them was buy real estate. So when I, when I left the family business about 20 months, 18 months, um, you know, I joined a firm in Pittsburgh locally here and I started helping them buy real estate, learning about real estate from them. And, and, you know, then started buying my own real estate house hacked and scaled my, my portfolio to 13 units in a little over 13 months. And then obviously, which is in incredible growth. I don't want to just gloss over that. That is unreal, actually. So huge, huge congrats on that success right there. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. And I have a tremendous partner in my fiance that that really was was there with me the whole time. And and so, you know, couldn't absolutely couldn't have done it without her. Um, and then obviously the, the strategy, and I think you and I will probably talk about this today is 
some of the, the high level strategies that I learned from him and I implemented in my own life. And I'm now helping entrepreneurs, real estate investors, high producers implement this in their in their own life. Yeah, in in and I'm definitely like excited to learn more about that. I know what we're you're touching on right there, and you know this is your time, absolutely a thousand percent. And I think um, this next question can, can kind of lead into that, um, if not some other really cool stuff. So let me just go ahead and shoot this question at you. Um, you know, please, if you don't mind sharing with us one or more of your favorite successes that you were either a part of or or solely created. Hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, I think that, you know, my, my favorite success is in the real estate, in the real estate world is, you know, I, I purchased a property that was a three unit building house hacked and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Right. Like when I say that, I mean, got $10,000 stolen from me from my contractor. Um, you know, had to move back in with my parents for six months, um, which was not a great conversation to have with your fiance. Um, right. Like, um, I, I, it was, the project went six months over. It was in the middle of COVID. I mean, it, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, but what I really weren't learned was the power of resiliency and the power of, of, of partnerships. Like Kara, who's my fiance, soon to be wife was with me all along the way. And, and I think that in this, in this industry, it seems like a lot of people are saying, you know, I did this all by myself. Um, and I think it's important to, to understand the people that were with you, by you, for you along the, along the road are incredibly important. And so in, in related to my relationship with, with her, and I would tell the listeners as well, like, guys, it's so important. The number one most important thing, that, the choice that you make in your life is who you're with, who you spend your time with that they support you, that they love you, that they contribute to the vision of your family. And, and that's uh, right, right after that, it's obviously where you live and what you do, but it's most important with who, who you're with. So um, I guess, yeah, I, I, and, I, yeah, that is I just interject. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I wanted to interject something real quick, because I 1000 even 1 million uh, percent agree with you. It is so important. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, in, in the audience as well, that uh, for me, getting married was literally one of the uh, best things I could ever do for myself. It's been um, such a blessing, such a huge help. I've grown so much through that, uh, you know, um, relationship. And, um, you know, I, right along with that, it's, you kind of touched on it. No man is an, is an Island. Mm. Um, and back to what you said is, is a very incredibly important that we pick someone in marriage and that we're planning, you know, commitment for life. Right. In but that we pick someone that supports us, loves us for who we are unconditionally, even, um, because literally if I wanted to, if I told my wife, like, this is what we're doing. We're gonna, I'm going to go busk on the streets of, of, of Lubbock, Texas. And, and that's how we're going to earn our income. She would support me. You know what I mean? And it would be, it would be horrible and everything, but like she would support me, <laughs> you know? So, but no, that, that is such a, a huge uh, and very valuable point that you just brought up. Yeah. So, so, so thank you. When I um, started focusing on building my wealth strategy, cash flow consulting business, Doug, my fiance looked at me in the face and she said, I knew that this was right for you because I know that you're the type of guy that can read personal finance books. I mean, you know, I have a the family office book right here, right? I have a book here that I'm not promoting this at all. It's just learning about investing cap capital for the, for the ultra affluent. Right. And that's you know, cool. I, I can read these books every single day and fail at my business and actually still love it. And she was the one who said, Clay, that is, that's who you are at your core. And I think it's really important to me. And I, I tell my clients about this all the time. It's very important to focus on your investor DNA. Now, what does that mean? That means that each one of us have a specific, and I'm going to use proclivity again, proclivity toward specific asset classes, specific things. You know, you could be someone that likes, for example, we're talking real estate here. You like multifamily or single family or Airbnbs. Before you focus on jumping in and committing to a specific asset class, I think it's most important to understand who you are as an investor. 
Do you like the hospitality part of the business? Airbnb is more of a business than it is a passive investing sort of multifamily type of deal, right? Do you like servicing families? Maybe you'll, maybe you'll be a tremendous single family home investor because you think about the importance of having spaces, renovating spaces that really function well with families. Great. Then, then you should probably you should probably consider that asset class. Maybe you're you're into affordable housing and maybe getting into low income housing tax credits or you know development or you know mobile home park. These are all specific things. And I tell my clients, listen, you're your greatest assets. Focus on building a pool of capital that you can create, control, and multiply and deploy into assets that that you aren't know about and assets that you that are really a part of your core investor dna yeah no that's great and um you know i <clears throat> it, it's great advice to actually realize where you are drawn you know in a sp like particular um asset class or whatever like real estate for example you know so um and and we're already basically on the subject so do you why don't you can you please tell us more or one of the best ways that you've found to actually, um, you know, create this income that that continues to be the the gift that keeps on giving. Sure, 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 sure. So essentially, this is what I learned from my mentor. Right, my mentor basically was successful, and he kept all of his own capital, didn't rely on any outside capital. And what he did was he used specifically designed life insurance policies through which he flowed his cash flow, his capital. And he put it in these policies and then he leveraged them to purchase more assets. Now, why is doing this important? Why does this accelerate your path to financial freedom and abundance? Well, the question really here is where do you warehouse your money? Where do you put your money? Most of us put our money in a bank account. We earn 0.01%. Great. No one's really getting that excited about that specific thing, right? Well, what if I told you you could warehouse your money in a place that's going to give you 4 to 6% tax-free growth over the period of your entire life? And when you need that money, you have control of it, you have liquidity, and you can leverage it and go and buy assets. Now, here's where this gets very, very interesting. These life insurance policies are specifically designed. This is not your retail whole life. This is not your, your whole life insurance made by your Northwestern Mutual guy down by the street. This is whole life specifically designed for early cash value, for early liquidity, and for ultimate control. And why is that important for real estate investors? Well, we don't want to wait 15 years to break even on our money. When you put your money, you flow your cash flow through the system, you break even in terms of the cost of insurance and the money in within three to five years. And then your money is going to continue to compound at that, compound at that four to 6% for the rest of your life. And when I referred to earlier about leveraging these policies, Doug, if you have an opportunity and you have to pounce on it like a real estate opportunity, your money is going to continue to work in this life insurance policy while you can use that same cash value in the policy. Now, how do you do that? Just like using a line of credit on a piece of real estate, on equity in a real estate, you can collateralize your cash in your policy. So your money will work for you in two places. So when I realized that you could do this, your money could work for you in two places and your money will continue to compound over your entire life. This got really, really interesting. And this is what I realized that my mentor did this in this specific opportunity account, your money's going to earn four to 600% more than it would in a, um, you know, standard savings account, yeah, standard savings account. And it's going <laughs> to, you're going to actually lose money. Yeah. Right. And it's going to be in a tax-free manner. Wow. In addition, again, when you use this money, when you collateralize this money, your capital in this system is going to continue to compound as if you weren't even using it. It's, it's a, it's, it's such an amazing concept and you can, so when you're talking leverage, like what, like, you know, how many times can, can you leverage it? Like, I mean, is it, you know, two Ooh. times, 10, five times, or. That's a great question. So you can leverage it an infinite amount of times, right? 
So you pay every single year and you pay your premiums in. That increases your cash value. Okay. That cash value that you have that you have access to, even if you have an outstanding policy loan, if you have more cash value, you can use that cash value to leverage. Now, as you pay it back, just like when you pay back in line of credit, as soon as you pay it back, you have access to that principal right away to be okay. to use it back to leverage. That's what's really cool about it. It's like a it's you know, not really, but I mean it just makes me think about a HELOC on an insurance policy, but it is literally it is literally a HELOC on in, in insurance. So interesting. Yeah. And, and I'd never heard of this before actually like talking to you, which was, I guess, last week, uh, the week before. But, um, you know, let me let me ask you this. Um, have you begun this process? Have you begun to put it to use? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So when we when when Karen and I look at our real estate investments, you know, we look at we look at using this to um, as our down payments, right? So we fund it. We we use this as our, our as our payment for down payments. And at the end of the year, we're going to be moving to Colorado, and we're going to be using our life insurance policy to pay cash for a vehicle, and we're going to pay back our vehicle with using the the cash like our regular daily cash flow, as if we were lending that money to ourselves from our own bank which is which is much better than getting a loan from a bank so i yeah, mean right. you essentially why, are being the bank too. exactly and the reason why it's much better is because what's happening is you're putting your money in a an account that's going to compound for the rest of your life okay so if you were to look at this in in, in terms of like a five-year period or a 10-year period it's attractive but over a 30 or 40 year period you're giving up the opportunity for your money to earn interest over that entire period if you use someone else to finance that purchase. Now, if you can, yeah. quote unquote, financing your, it yourself by using your own family bank, then you can still have the opportunity to earn interest on all of that money that you put in there and you're leveraging. It's, it's actually uh, so mind-blowing. Like I literally am having a hard time keeping up with it. So, but... Um, and I'm so much, you know, more excited to learn about it now. And, it, you know, it does make a lot of sense. It's just like literally how is it that, you know, a lot of us, I guess, you know, average Joes out there have not heard about this, you know? Yeah. So there's I think there's a lot of reasons why. Right. So the, the one of the core reasons why is that, you know, your Daisy, your Dave Ramsey, your Susie Ormans of the world. Um, you know, they, which are a lot of the mainstream media, they preach stocks and they hate whole life insurance. I mean, fundamentally, this is life insurance, guys. So like there's no free lunch. So you have to pay for the cost of insurance. So a lot of people get turned off by having to pay for the, the cost of insurance and for the whole life insurance. So people are turned off by that. Why, why are other people not, um, don't know about it? Wall Street doesn't incentivize people buying whole life insurance policies. They make their money by you putting your money in your IRA, your, your 401k, your KEO, right? They don't make money on the fees, the assets under management, the yearly, um, you know, asset management fees when you have your money in life insurance. So they are de-incentivized to tell us about yeah, these where, policies. Whereas these other policies, um, you know, literally it's, it's, it's interesting as you, we are going through our lives when you start to recognize marketing for what it is marketing and Ooh. you have, you know, these large, um, you know, banks, large businesses that are marketing and they're very, very, very good at it. And so we're, we're just being constantly having products, you know, the social conditioning, uh, being pushed on us in, in, in a lifestyle and that sort of thing. Uh, we're really, it, this, this sort of thing is, you know, is sort of, uh, you just have to dig for it, right? And and um, a lot of things in life that um, are amazing, you do do require work to find and right. work to work. And, and Doug, here's what I would analogize it to. You know, 15 years ago, real estate was not even near as sexy as it was today. Why is that so? Well, I would say the reason why it's so is because technology, social media in particular, has decentralized the narrative around wealth building. What does that mean? That means that people see the power of specific assets and taking control over their money. Just like in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, 
the mainstream media dictated what we invested in. That's when the 401ks came. That's when the IRAs came. And that's why people invested in these retirement accounts, because it was really the only way for the normal person, the normal average Joe to invest. Real estate wasn't sexy back then because there wasn't as much access to education around how to invest in real estate. So why is it, why is all these things coming up now? Well, real estate is now not taboo. It used to be taboo. You know, you used to have Uncle Eddie say, well, I know that I knew this guy in my town that was a landlord and he had to collect rent. Well, now you have, you have the ability to invest across the United States. You don't have that issue. You can, you can streamline it with property managers. I would analogize that same exact effect with using these whole life insurance policies to invest in real estate and invest in assets and buy businesses. Now that we are able to decentralize media through social media, through podcasts like this, having open and honest conversations about this, the narrative changes. Instead of getting your, your you know, news, all, everything from the Wall Street Journal, you have your news from Doug. You have your news from Doug. You have your news from your friends. You have your news from social media. Joe Rogan, for example, I mean, he is one of the most powerful media, whether you like him or you don't, media outlets in it's the world. True. He, it's he's true. literally like his own news channel. He's so branded in the sense of actually branding yourself as him being a business man, like a business himself. Right. Uh, perfect example of it. Right. So, so all, all I say when people bring that question up to me is I say, listen, I got it. Totally understand. I didn't hear it until I learned about it from a guy that was worth $120 million. Now, there are other people who have marketed effectively, they call it infinite bank, cash flow banking, becoming your own banker. All these marketing terms are just saying, hey, let's place, let's, let's change the narrative around where you store your cash so you can increase the velocity of your savings, amplify your dollars, each one of your dollars jobs, and then deploy it into cash flow producing assets and businesses to increase your overall wealth potential over the period of your life. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that really, um, out of all of my um, shows so far, this is one that we really want to, um, you know, go through a couple of times and, and, you know, probably the best thing would be to, um, you know, are you open to people reaching out to you so that they can, um, you know, pick your brain about this? Totally. Yeah. And I'm, and I, I offer everyone a, you know, just a, give me a call, shoot me a text, you know, free consultation. A lot of people, there's a lot of murkiness around this. And what I try to do is, you know, help clarify if this is the right situation for you, because it might not be, but it could also be a really, really good thing for your own personal economy. And not only for the living benefits, but also for giving your, your heirs tax-free death benefits, a lump sum of millions of dollars to your heirs. That would be, that'd be pretty nice. Be, be sweet. Yeah. And you know, um, it, it's, a there's nothing, um, the, the only thing that can happen is you can, by reaching out to Clayton is, is you'll, you'll benefit from gaining a friend and gaining knowledge, whether or not you um, decide to go down this route of investing in yourself. Um, that's totally up to you, but um, thousand percent and nothing, nothing to lose and a whole lot to gain. Right. So let me ask you this out of learning this through this whole, you know, infinite banking or whatever, you know, you want to call it. Um, what would you say is one of the most valuable lessons that you learned from the experience of delving into this world. And you can even say from your mentor that you, that you learned from him through this whole uh, process. Yeah. I think that the most valuable thing that I've learned is how we think about money and wealth matters. What does that mean? What that means is how we think about the money that we create in our lives, how we create it, our posture towards it, most specifically a scarcity versus an abundant mindset is the key for you to understand this concept. It's the key for you to create endless wealth for your family. And it's really the key for you to have a prosperous life, marriage, health, everything. It's about shifting your mindset from scarcity to abundance. 
Which is huge. Yeah. I love that. Let, let me ask you this, kind of, you know, shifting gears a little bit, what, but would you mind telling us, and you already did touch on it, uh, one um, example of this, but would you mind telling us about some of the incredibly difficult experiences or one, uh, you know, that you've walked through and what you learned from that experience? Yeah. So I'm dealing with uh, evicting potentially like four out of the five tenants in an apartment building that I just bought. So that's like that's super, super stressful. I'm sure that when this um, airs, I will have evicted them or not, but, um, Doug, man, it has been, it, it's been, it's been very, it's been very difficult mentally on me because I don't want to have to evict these people. I, I, I don't want to have to go through this. I, you know, it, real estate really is a people oriented business in evictions and I'm really close to them. And they're there. Some of them are, are government subsidized housing and it just gets really convoluted and complicated. So I'm really struggling with that personally um, right now because I don't like to, I don't like to put myself in that position um, or put anyone in that position. And so that, that, that's been pretty difficult. Um, I'll let you know in a week or two when we get on the horn. Oh, it's good. Yeah, I, I hope it goes smooth for you. You know, and I, I know that's, you know, maybe being optimistic, but um, I totally hear you because you really are, you know, uh, like me, I believe very um, service oriented, want to better the planet. And sometimes this sort of thing doesn't feel good, but it legitimately is necessary. And um, it it's not um, you're doing, you're just uh, protecting your, your future, your family and that sort of thing. And it's, I don't know, life sometimes has really unfortunate obstacles that we have to walk through like this. Yeah, man. But you know, you're, you're doing the right thing and you're going to be come out the other end stronger for it. And so, you know, just want to encourage you there. Keep on pushing through. You're probably closer to the end of that than you think, hopefully anyways. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, let me, let me ask you this. This question here is a complete shift in the conversation. It's a fun question though. Um, now, if you were to be sent back in time to age 18, what would you do or how would you fast track your success? I would buy more real estate. <laughs> I, I would it. house hack right away. I would house hack. I would house hack and I would just continue to buy more real estate. Like if I was, if I started at 18, you know, I would have dozens or hundreds of units at this point. I, I think I would do the same thing. And it's like, why not? When you're, uh, you know, single and young and you can, I mean, go through all these trials and tribulations much easier than if you have a wife and kids, uh, sort of thing, that's the time to do it. And, you know, why not have somebody else pay the mortgage for you and hopefully cash flow a little bit on top of it. Amen, man. Amen. But yeah, great advice right there. Let me, let me ask you this. And you did actually touch on this already. A lot of these questions you already just kind of handled. So <laughs> what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on mindset and how to go from a non-success mindset or scarcity mindset to a success mindset or abundance mindset? Yeah. So you and I are both in JDC, J Jason Dury's coaching. Um, and he talks a lot about alignment. I think you've had him on your podcast as well. The key is. I believe getting in alignment with the person that you want to become and focusing on becoming that person every single day. And that's easier said than done. But when you have a vision for being that person, it is, it's, it's clarifying and allows you to align with that on a daily basis. Here's another thing. Focus on why you wouldn't become that person. Focus on, you know, if, if, if I don't become this person, what would prevent me from getting there? And that's a really helpful heuristic to use because a lot of times when we can focus on the negative, right? Like what would prevent me from getting here? What would prevent me from acting this way? We can jump ahead of it and address it. That's true. Yeah, that's a great, great point. See the worst case scenario before it hits us and then we can, you know, face it square in the eyes and, um, learn to, to uh, circumvent it or, you know, 
um, prevent it from happening. Amen. Yep. Talking about podcasts, I wanted to, uh, I don't want to forget to uh, bring up your podcast. I have got a chance to listen to a couple episodes and this actually helped to educate me quite a bit as far as, you know, the uh, infinite, infinite um, cash flow. But um, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? What you, how long you've been doing it for, what, what the name of it is and um, you know, a thing or two that you learned from it, please. For, for, for sure. So the podcast, the creative capitalist podcast, what do we do? We, we interview people that have created, multiplied their wealth and capital differently. And we have people on that are business owners, that are high performance coaches, that are just straight up butt kickers. I don't know if you have, you know, expletive, you know, you can't have expletives <laughs> on here. I always um, just tell you, to just be, be you. Man. Yeah, right. Yeah. So straight up ass kick, kisser, kickers, not kissers. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not kissers. Kickers. Um, and that, that's, that's the focus. So we focus on building businesses, buying real estate, building wealth, and not only wealth from the perspective of financial wealth, this is a podcast that you can, you can think of when I listen to this podcast, I'm going to know how to put together my own family office without the help of anyone else. So the institutions, the constitutions, the ways, the manners, the methods, the strategies of people who have done it successfully, holistically in their life. And I want to give that to people um, in in the podcast. So that's the point of the podcast. Yeah. And you have guests on there that, um, you know, have tr- serious track records, like, uh, for example, Avery Carl, who I know she's working closer with, you know, um, sharing uh, uh, content on bigger pockets, but has been around for a while and super crushing it in short term space has the short term shop and um, really, really cool stuff. Yeah, man, I, I really learned a lot from that episode. Selfishly, like, you know how it is with having a podcast. Like, it's kind of great because you get you get an hour, you know, 45 minute hour long conversation. You get to ask the questions you want to ask. Right. It is great. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, I try to approach it from the perspective of what would I want my listener to hear, but also what would I want? What would I want to learn? So it really reflects a part of who I am as how I think about building wealth, creating wealth um in a, in a holistic way yeah and i think uh you know with having that you know sort of mindset but the more experienced the podcaster is like uh then you they will bring out questions that a beginner wants to know a newbie but also that inter, you know intermediate investor and experienced you know highly experienced investor wants to know which is which is a lot of fun also um let me ask you this question and uh you know so if if there was a key that unlocked or helped unlock success in your life what would you say that that key is? Ooh. If there is a key to unlock success in life, what would you say that key is? Huh. I think the key is having a set of principles by which you operate. And those principles can be borrowed. They can be stolen. They can be created by you. But you have to have, in my opinion, a way of operating. When you meet someone, do you touch? What do you bring to the table? Do you focus on them? Do you focus on yourself? You know, one of the one of the people that I really, really follow is is a gentleman by the name of Naval Ravikant. He's a famous investor, angel investor from Silicon Valley. It looks like you know who he is, Doug. Maybe um, I do not. I'm I'm excited to learn more about him. And he's also known for his philosophical mu- musings around happiness, around life, around cultivating gratitude and joy. And he has a way of operating that is based on a set of principles. And I found that the most successful people are people who have principles and they basically filter their decisions. You can call it principles. You can call it mental models. You can call it beliefs, whatever identity, character, right, right. Character. 
but they filter their decisions, their actions, the way they approach the world through this, this filter of, of principles and beliefs and codes of conduct. And this is something that, you know, you read all the, the great historical books, the bibliographies, fictions, um, history, and you look at the people that are incredibly successful now they have principles and how they operate. So I think that that was, if that was cl clear, um, it was, it's about principle. Very, very clear. And it reminds me of the saying, the way that you do one thing is, or how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? Because your, your, your principles are either up high or in the middle or low or wherever they're at, but they, uh, you know, are, like you said, the filters that you operate with or through. Amen. And, yeah, that's, I keep saying amen. I'm not sure why I keep saying amen, but um, it's fun to say. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but that's, that's really critical. I, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. That's great, great, great advice. And uh, let me ask you this. Do you mind sharing with us one book recommendation and one uh, tech recommendation? Tech? It's got to be um, an app that is called Readwise. Readwise, so you can. A lot of times, I find that you know we we read great books or we have their great tweets or great thoughts, quotes, and we read them. And in the moment, we get super excited, and then all of a sudden, Doug is like, "Oh shoot, I forgot about that! Like that was something yeah. that happened a year ago." Well, there's yeah, an app the that, that you can save excerpts from Kindle or save excerpts from Twitter or save excerpts from eBooks, and periodically it kicks it emails you these excerpts so you it reminds you of these great sayings or thoughts and i've really benefited from it i have a lot of tweets on there that were like very thought-provoking tweets and, and excerpts from books and so it's this sort of way of leveraging your your learning and and you know maintaining of, of past things that you learned through technology and i, I really like that a, a book that i recommend um, I guess it really depends on what we're, what we're after here. Is there a specific thing that we're after? Or is it just in general a book that I read? In general, and you can recommend multiple. Okay. So, but you could just use a I book would say that the, touched I would say you. the Maltese Falcon by Dechelle Hammett. Okay. Love that, it. That is, you know, that was the first book that taught me to love how to read. So, you know, we're, we're taught a lot of times, you know, read, Eight, 54 books a year, 52 books. That's what an average CEO reads. I think it's more important to, to, to remember what you read, right? But it's also really important to love what you read. And so yes, the, the Maltese Falcon is a criminal novel by uh, Deschel Hammond. It's one of the greatest ever written that really, that really taught me to love reading. And I can remember a specific scene in the book that I, that I like started crying when, I, and I was like 17 years old and I started crying. <laughs> I was like, I've had books is, do that before. Yeah. This is so, this is so well written that it's inspiring. It's a, it's a, you know, a high level of, um, of art that can make you uh, actually have a, a, a physical emotion. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. That's incredible. That's great. And to be honest with you, I have to tell myself I've never read that book, but I will put it on the list because if it inspired you, guaranteed it will inspire me. So I love that. Um, let me ask you this, Clay. You know, how, how can our audience support you? Is there a particular type of deal you're looking for that can send your way or any sort of uh, what would be the best way they could send you some, you know, some love or support you? Well, guys, you know, I help people more than I, I, I'm, you know, asking for, for help here. And when I say that, I mean, I'm helping people set up these systems to, to create, protect, and multiply their cash flow. I'm helping people get from financial nothing to financial abundance, to financial freedom. I help people stop trading time for money by flowing their cash flow through this system so they can get to A, to their financial goals faster. So if you're interested, you can email me, Clay at Creative Dash Capitalist. You can text me at 412 five five two three zero two nine or call me at that number or you can go to my website creative-capitalist.com if you want any further information about exactly what i'm doing 
And I'll put all three of those in the show notes. And, you know, thank you for being so open with sharing your, um, you know, contact info. Um, I think that uh, shows that you're, you know, you're willing to willingness to help. And it, it's it's awesome. Um, that is pretty much it for the show. But I always, you know, want to leave time at the tail end. Oh, there we go. Thank you, sir. And for any sort of final thoughts, anything else that, you know, was on, on your mind you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to? Yeah. Um, when I started my company, my wealth consulting company, the thing that got me to start that was focusing on the three biggest choices that we have in our life. And I mentioned them earlier. I just want to reiterate them. Who we're with, what we do, and where we live. Those three choices are the most important, highest leverage choices that we can make. If we make those choices well, then our lives is going to, our lives are going to be great. If we make, if we mistake those choices, again, choosing who you're with, that's, that could be the biggest mistake. But if we screw up those choices, Doug, our life is not going to be what, what it could have been. And that's just such a shame. So I help people in one of those. I help people with what they do. I help what they do become more efficient and effective. There are other people that help you with that. This is listening to this podcast can help you with that, but you got to pick the right person. And you got to pick the right place. I'm actually moving to Colorado this coming year. It's way more expensive. Frankly, it's, it's like a totally different change of life, but we have chosen my, my fiance and I, we have chosen, we're defiantly committed to moving out there and making the most of it, no matter what happens. So we're doing it. And, uh, and so I think I got all three of them. I think I got all three of them checked in, but uh, I, think I, so I, would, also. I would implore our, our listeners to, to focus on who you're with, what you do and where, where you, um, where you live. And that's totally stolen from Naval Ravikant. So I'm not going to take any responsibility for that. I love it. And you know, it's, it's a, it's great, a great concept and it is so true. Um, what I wanted to just kind of touch on is if anybody out there is struggling on how do they select these things, my best guess, and I'll ask you what your thoughts are on this in just a second is that look at who you want to become and then see who they're with, um, for who you are going to connect with in the, in the future. Also look at, you know, who you want to be like and look at the neighborhoods that you want to live in and then what aligns with your, um, you know, inner person, sort of like you were talking about the DNA of the investor earlier. Um, but you also want to keep in mind that where you are deciding to work or what you're deciding to do, um, you know, make sure that this is actually something that is profitable, but, but healthy. So is there anything that you can kind of add to that and, it's they're great concepts, and I've actually never heard uh, anybody touch on that. Um, you know, Colorado has 300 days of sun. Sun's super healthy. Being outside is super healthy. I mean, you're in Texas, so you know Texas has got some serious sun too. You don't have any issues yeah, with sun there. Right. Um, but you know, I think that there's a lot of things about quality of life. That's a personal decision, just like personal finances is personal. All we can do is help people setting up the right systems. But really, personal finance is a really personal thing. Personal decisions is a very personal thing. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and where you're, it, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, one last thing is I was speaking with a friend a little while back and he said he, him and his wife were looking to join a gym and they could have joined this gym that was close to their house. That was like, you know, $9 a month, but instead they chose to join a gym a little further away. That was, you know, over a hundred dollars a month. Um, and just a higher quality of a gym. But with that brings, people that you want to actually be like people that you want that you can learn from and possibly network with where you live is is similar i've lived in very very like affluent areas and growing up and what i learned from that is like these just living in this environment plants some serious um, you know, success, uh, you know, thoughts in your mind where this is sort of like the principle, we will live here and nothing less because this is um, how I want to live. This is who I want to be like, so on and so forth, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So thousand percent moving to Denver where you're moving to is a great idea. I know it's going to be amazing for you and your fiance. I'm super excited for you. And, uh, you know, congratulations on, on getting hitched. That's, that is going to be great for you as well. Thousand percent. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Clayton, thanks again. Um, and for, for joining us today and sharing some serious knowledge and, and uh, value with us and, with uh, with that being the end of the show, I'm going to say sayonara and hope that all of uh, all of our listeners out there have a wonderful and amazing day and uh, make this life amazing. Make it amazing. Be a creative capitalist. Amen to that. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Bye, folks. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Gentle Art of Crushing It. It was an amazing episode. I know I sure learned a lot. I hope you did as well. I want to take a second and just thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that I only ask you for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you and have a wonderful day.